This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pints and Politics UK. Adam's here, and he's had his COVID jab, but he's not feeling well. <laughs> it has. Uh, I, I, I'm glad I read the uh, the terms and conditions because nausea is definitely up there. But no, <laughs> I am covered. If yeah. even if it makes you feel ill, you should still get on it. Yeah, the sooner we all get it, the sooner we can all uh, start, you know, sharing pints and licking doorknobs. So let's go. There you go. He said doorknobs, doorknobs. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. I mean, I had my jab a few weeks ago, absolutely fine. Adam's had his, oh, not too fine. No way. <laughs> like you say, like Adam says, it should, still shouldn't deter you from getting it done because, you know, the sooner we get a population vaccinated, the sooner we can move past this until the latest crazy variant that's immune to any vaccine comes along and decides to attack. But hey, hope that you know, hopefully that day never comes, even though Boris Johnson sort of talked it up a little bit today by suggesting we're in for a winter difficulty with variants such as the Indian variant. But hey, let's not focus on that just yet. So big story this week really is uh, the, the, the big reaction really. Last week we had a half reaction to the local elections going ahead. This, this week really we have the full picture. Uh, the full picture didn't really get revealed until the weekend. So that tells you no, it, did not. it was a long process. Lots of votes being calculated, lots of reaction to be had. And the consensus generally, Adam, was that the Conservatives, the government, were very, very happy, particularly with the council elections that, are sc- that were scattered across the UK. As I call them, Adam, the mock exam results, because if you weren't <laughs> getting them, if, if it wasn't a mayoral seat, it's, it, you know, you're not voting MPs, members of parliament for your constituents, you're voting for the councils in the background. But with that, the Conservatives got very good results. Did it? They did indeed. They took many uh, seats from the Labour governments, all right, I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to find the map now. Yeah, um, essentially, Adam, I, the map is very blue. And blue is conservative. It is very blue. Yeah. It is Labour. And basically, lots of Labour councillors, uh, well, basically, the Conservatives got many council seats in various different <laughs> uh, areas across the UK. And I must stress, this is an MP, so it doesn't actually have an effect on governance in terms of national governance, in terms of what the House of Parliament looks like and no, how much does government really have. No, it doesn't. It's more about local influence, I suppose, in, in, in local areas. Um but I know when I came to the ballot paper, it was quite complicated. It, it's, it's not simply tick for Conservative, tick for Labour. There are so many names and so many different sheets that you had to go through. And I ended up <laughs> voting for about seven or eight people. So, if you, and I didn't, know half know. I, didn't, I didn't know half of the names. That's the thing. It's not like you know your local MP. We all, most of us know our local MPs, but I had no idea with some of these. So it is a very different process. It's not quite as that's why i keep calling it the mock exam results but what it does suggest is that the conservatives are still having a good you know a good effect around the uk despite everything i mean it coincides i think adam we were touching on this a few weeks ago that the strength of the vaccine rollout the light at the end of the tunnel with the boris johnson roadmap not being 
affected at all. When this coming round, when the local elections come round, it's made a, it's been it's been fantastic timing, hasn't it? As far as this is concerned. Yeah, I think um, I think like what you I think obviously it might not be fair calling them mock exam results when people are running Sorry, for these people. positions, yeah. these positions as actual you know jobs and roles and oh of course, you know, you know, know. that we do not wish to. Uh, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah. know, um, they're still important. I feel feel like these. Small issues are extremely important, especially on a community level, because it's still it reaffirms partisanship, it reaffirms party belief, mm. right from you know, the bottom to the top. And obviously, what has been demonstrated here is that the Conservative government have been has solidified a few areas, right from you know the smaller community level political positions of councillors, mm. you know, to positions of authority in, mm. in the mayoral office or as a as a, as a police commissioner for the yeah. area, you know, that sure. sort of, or police chief, I should say, for each sure. other. So, yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, it was a very interesting time. Um, but I think the SNP walked away quite yeah. uh, happily, they did very well. Um, yeah. Welsh Labour won half the... They did um, really well. Yeah, and they actually gained a, uh, a historically, you know, secure Welsh applied uh, company seat. Mm. Um, however, um, Pycombe made gains in in one other area. However, Labour, despite um, I think it was uh, you know quite famously Leon Wood, the uh, the Leon Wood's the previous um, leader of the um, you know of Pycombe, she lost her Tronda seat to um, a Welsh Labour. Um, but however, near me in the Conway area, they. Uh, the late Welsh Labour lost to the Welsh Conservatives. Mm. So it was all just a plus and minus here and there. And however, mm. um, Welsh Labour finished with 30, which means they, uh, Mr Mark Drakeford, first minister of Mark Drakeford, continues his power or his term is in you know, in office for another five years. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see how well, that goes. Yeah, a few things really. Firstly, I always wanted to do well on my Mark exams. You know, so <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I do say that, I use it sort of uh, jovially. That's yeah. not the word I'm looking for, but jokingly in a sense, because you're right, there are a lot of people whose jobs are are genuinely being affected by this. It, it generally, yeah. I meant it more for for those uninitiated listeners, those in, in the grand scheme of things. Generally, these are not the results that necessarily define the government at the top or or the party um, set up at the top. But well done to anyone who, as I say, got into those positions of um, for their new roles, as you say, with, with relation to the police or the council or, or whatnot, that, you know, fair play if you manage to find um, a pathway into a job as a result of those elections. So that's without saying. Um, you touched on another thing there. You touched on SNP in Scotland, and obviously it's quite different in the devolved nations of Scotland and Wales, like we discussed last week. Um, yeah, uh, really big win for Labour in Wales, um, like you just said. Scotland SNP, very comprehensive win as well. So again... You know, countries that are very not anti-conservative, but not dominated by conservative ideology as much as the smaller areas around the UK that were scattered across all. More left-leaning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Particularly Wales, like you say. Um, And I think Mark Draper came out, and 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 I heard a few responses saying that actually the cautious approach in Wales was generally considered to be a good thing um, with regards to the pandemic, the slow opening up, the lack of, um, you know, the some would call over-the-top protection measures that were put in place during the coronavirus. A lot of people would agree with you on that one. (laughs) Yeah, but generally, generally, 
I think the overall consensus was at least he was trying to keep us safe. At least he was trying to do the right thing by the people instead of, you know, necessarily trying to rush things or get things going at the risk of people's, people's lives because lots of people across the UK were dying not too long ago. And I suppose people in Wales have um, some respect, I suppose, for Drake for taking the whole pandemic seriously. Well, yeah, it's always been a mixed bag with Mr. Drakeford, though there are those who believe that he did an excellent job and there are those who believe he was like uh, constantly walking on eggshells, so to speak. You know, he, mm. he uh, no, overcautious. No, I've got the complete wrong saying here. Not walking on eggshells. He was just completely overcautious. That's what I'm trying to say. We tried to wrap everything in bubble wrap. Yeah, that's maybe that's a better one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Including yeah. his feet, if there were lots of eggshells over there, I didn't want to put oh, feet with them. Christ yeah. But yeah. yeah, I think um, another thing as well, though, Adam, as well, many of the cities. Um, electing mayors, Liverpool, Manchester, London, all Labour. Um, we said I said last week that Liverpool had quite a strong disliking to the Conservatives. You were going, no, 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 we don't know what results will go anyway in Liverpool. Um, they don't tell us. What was that? I don't know, but I tell you what was. I'll tell you what was interesting. So Joanne Anderson won um, yep. the Liverpool uh, mayoral seat. Um, first black um, BAME member of. Uh, for the Liverpool mayor hot seat um, and, and a female um, um, representative as well. So fair play to Joanne Anderson. She, yeah, she, she actually took it by quite a convincing margin, but Labour did lose a lot of points as a result of the scandal by Joe Anderson, no relation, before Joanne Anderson came in and, and, and took, took the mantle. Yeah. What's so interesting, well. Adam, yeah. second place was an independent candidate. An independent candidate convincingly yeah. second ahead of everyone else. So it sort of backs yeah. up my point from last week a bit. All right. Well. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe, to be fair. Maybe, to be... Like I said, people have been sick about both sides for a while. So maybe the independent was the obvious choice. No. Just... But, but I was going to say, Adam, like it does show that um, I suppose the independent being such an obvious second choice and getting quite a large portion of the vote, I think he got. It, it, it's something like 26 points or something, uh, high 20s, I think, in terms of points. I'll have to check that after. But it shows that Labour did make some mistakes. They, they did take Liverpool a bit for granted because they lost over 10 points yeah. in, in, that, in that seat. Now, that's a lot if it wasn't for a, a, a really safe, dominant city like Liverpool. That would probably swing a mayoral election in another city. I don't know. I, I do not know when it on yeah I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult though, isn't it? Because uh, yeah, I mean that one that one was a, a Labour safety, and it, it was a Labour win. Manchester was a convincing win again because Andy Burnham is one of the shining lights, I think, of, of the Northern leaders. I mean, he's probably the most famous Northern MP, almost, or at least one of them that we see in the media. And it half makes me think, in a, in a world post-Care Starmer, wherever, whenever or wherever that may be, someone like Andy Burnham, who is a, a northerner, a prominent voice in Manchester, could be a really good candidate for the Labour Party leadership at some point in time. We shall see what the time brings. I don't know what his ambitions are, but he certainly seems to be fighting the Manchester's corner. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, and Sadiq Khan, 
this was interesting, wasn't it? London was really... What was it? 55% went to him or something like that? Yeah, something but there was like a that. point, Adam. Oh. It was 38-37 um, at one point. Yeah. But he did pull away convincingly, like you say. But at one point, 38 to Sadiq Khan, 37 to Sean Bailey, the Conservative candidate. Uh, and then you've got Count Binface and Co at the bottom, you know, with ones and twos. And, and your YouTube Nico did quite well, first, didn't he? How many did yeah. he get? How, he, got, he got fifth, didn't he? He got like a few, like, I don't know how many, 10, 20, yeah, London's really a strange one because you get everyone coming. Count Binface did make me laugh on a, a few occasions. I saw it shows him talking to Lawrence Fox as well, who's trying to do a serious, serious, oh, uh, you nice. know. Uh, Lawrence Fox, quite right wing, tried to do a serious do what you want kind of um, demonstration. And he ended up getting, I think, the same score or very similar to Count Pinface, which I thought was <laughs> quite funny, actually. Uh, you know, but oh, yes, yeah, Sadiq Khan held on. Um, we had this discussion a bit last week. Why do people hate it so much? Because a lot of people were, but I think RIP London was trending on Twitter. Uh, and the, the gist of what I got when I was looking at it really was, a lot of people are concerned about the amount of knife crime going on at the moment in terms of London and, and also homelessness on the rise. Homelessness yeah, house prices have increased. Yeah. Crime rates have increased. But CO2, CO2 emissions have gone down. So that seems to be the general sort of yeah. narrative, yeah. hasn't it, for people? Brings back that whole sort of environmental debate is, you know, as, as I call it, the vanity project of of, of uh, climate change it's not a vanity project by any means it's a necessary project but in this time and place when so many people are struggling with their everyday lives green measures do cost money don't they and they do yeah and people don't have those sort of luxuries yeah yeah so, so. yeah he, he divides he divides because there's a lot of lovers of Sadiq Khan there's a lot of haters it's very much split down the middle um, but he's in again. So, would you say that's more down to London's liberal kind of, or more, or, or maybe, uh, yeah, I, I, we'll go with that. London's liberal general populace. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure if we did a bit of research, there'd be some study on it. I did research, uh, Adam, but yeah, I, I, you know, well, there's a lot of young people in London. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, traditionally, young people are more left leaning. So. It would not surprise me that that's where a lot of his sort of support comes from. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very fair. That's very fair. So, yeah, general general uh, overview for that was great results for the Conservatives. Disappointing for Labour. However, Wales was a big plus for Labour, as were some of the biggest cities in the UK, Liverpool, uh, Manchester, Manchester and London. Very big. And then in Scotland as well. Huge for the SNP, Nicola Sturgeon. I think she's done quite well through this pandemic. I think she's led with courage and dignity, and particularly in recent months where she's been put under the hot, under the spotlight for re- negative reasons. More Alex Salmon trying to drag her into his pit of misery, yeah. and he fails. So kudos for her to standing tall through all of that. I think, um, but that's just a summary for there. Anyway, on to. Um, other topics then, uh, a few small ones that came out this week. Voter ID for general elections. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just, just for clarity, there were six cases of vo- voter fraud in the last general election. So I think there was over 30 million votes in the last general election. And six, six, not million, not thousand, not, not, 
not any hundred six six cases of voter fraud, and they actually four interviewed... fingers and two thumbs. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Madness. You can count it on two hands. Um, and they interviewed Matt Hancock about it, and he said, uh, he said, "Oh, that's six cases too many," which is remarkably, um, remarkably bold of Matt Hancock. And if he wants to, if he wants to do that with everything in terms of people who are maybe it's a lack of oxygen on the moral. Yeah, maybe maybe just a lack of oxygen on what is up on the moral high ground, you know? Yeah, right? yeah. It's uh, anyway. What do we think about it generally? Because just for the uninitiated, people will say, "Oh, well, you know, does it does it really matter? We all have ID, but we don't. We don't all have ID. And and if you want to get mm. ID, if you want to get it, Adam, forty three pound for a provisional license, and um, and I think it's over seventy pound for a passport. It's expensive. Seventy five quid for a passport, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's really, really problematic. Mm. You know, it's not even just paying for those things. You know, like, you know, there's plenty of population, you know, there's plenty of the British population who can't yeah. afford a holiday. Mm. So if you can't afford a holiday, you're not going to pay for a passport, are you? No. If you can't afford a car, you're not going to invest in a, in a, in a, in a, in a license ID and, card. You know? Yeah. And also, Adam, if you lose the license, you have to go and buy it again. You have you to do. Go and buy it again. So, so. Yeah, and then you then there's the whole issue of taking a picture. Yeah, you know, many people. I don't say you have a disability. You cannot permit people to take pictures of you, mm. or you you know there's or you do, don't don't want a picture of yourself. Mm. It, it's required. Yeah, or there's the whole issue of someone from the older generation who's never flown out of the country ever. Yeah, and there's no how how to go about getting an ID or has never used a computer before. It's just yeah. daft. Disenfranchising daft. voters, isn't it? Or potential voters. Absolutely. You know, it's so... It really... It's so much classist. Yeah. If I dare say that. Because yeah. it really does put deep grooves in society. And I think it's more prevalent than people like to believe it is. Yeah. And the the conservatives are trying to they're trying to appeal to the working class. So this is just yeah. I don't think they're doing a very good job if they're pushing for that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't. Will it it, will will it reduce that six to zero? Absolutely, definitely. But will it reduce voter turnout? Full stop. Yes. Will it in part increase the traditional conservative voting? I I don't know. It's hard to tell, isn't it? It's hard to tell. I don't know how this is going to affect. Will it affect the same? Because you'll have those who are unable to vote from a poorer working class. Yeah. Or although, although Adam, arguably at the moment, what's interesting is a lot of those from poorer working classes are voting conservative. So that that's why I think it's quite interesting. They must have some a think tank going on in the background saying, you know what? I, that's the only thing I can think of. It's the only thing I can think of. I don't think it's even the cynic in me because everyone's saying it, you know, no one's actually yeah, thinking no, no, it's this is a, this is a pr- I don't think there's m- anything really like controversial no, being no. said here. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah, so oh, I don't know. Anyway, anyway. On I don't to agree another- with it. No. That's the bottom line. <laughs> yes. On to another thing Boris Johnson said this week. Uh, he's, he's talking about... Uh, there's an inquiry um, into, into the government's handling of the coronavirus pandemic. Yes. Everyone's yes. been calling for it. He said they'll do it next year. So, yeah, that doesn't seem very good. It hasn't it this week? The WHO have just released that, you know, a commission to paper that said how like the COVID 19 spread could have been entirely 
avoidable mm. if people had followed the correct measures, like leaders had mm. followed the correct measures right from the start. Mm. Well, my thinking is that the whole it will do it next year. They probably will do it next year, but it'll be one of those. Um, can you remember when they did the um, the the institutional racism report? And can you remember the results of it? Because I I remember they released it at, at quite a an unsociable hour, and um, they didn't really talk about it. So, yeah, it exactly. It wouldn't surprise me if they they will. I I have no doubts they will go ahead and do a full uh, inquiry about their own response to the pandemic. But then, when they release it, at what time they release it, and when they, whether they talk about it at any length is another matter entirely. I mean, the fact it's next year is almost like, well, by then the pandemic's probably over. No one's really thinking about it. So, hey, we've got a report here, pandemic. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that. Okay. Yeah, nobody was reminded about that. <laughs> no, now, it's true, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, it's a bit it's a bit of a, a bit of a crazy one. Um, so. Yeah, I mean that's uh that's those two and um and we've had oh no we had we had the countries last week didn't we we had the green the green list countries and we had the red list countries obviously India on the red list you got Spain I think Spain actually recently have said you can enter I was reading somewhere you can enter without uh, a COVID test which I think is quite um, interesting daft yeah well that was a whole um a whole that might be top, later down the line people. to be fair. Yeah, that was a whole um, topic as well, wasn't it? COVID passports. Yeah. yeah. Um, where we stand on that. And I think that is quite a good policy to implement, personally. You think? Um, well, not, on- not nationally, but internationally. Internationally, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah because yeah. Um, I think that's a very good policy. And for those who are unable to you know, take the, pass- uh, the vaccine for health reasons, mm-hmm. then obviously they should be awarded the travel, you know, COVID travel your ability to do so as long as it's within for you know reasons of health or you know mental health anxiety you know if it covers both health and social effects in that way then i think it should be an entirely plausible and an effective method to reopen the world no yeah i complete no i think that's a that's a really well put thing to be honest with you um i think we're going to go on to uh the debate section this week which kind of ties in with this a little bit as well um and it's a little bit what we did last week when i said how would you frame a, a winning electable or election plan um it was sort of with a view to answering this question a bit really which was more related to what how what vision would you be looking to create if you were leader of of the opposition in any way what what vision would you would you look towards because right now there doesn't really seem to be one with Sir Keir Starmer, and that upsets me a little bit, but that seems to be the way it is. Yeah, I haven't got much to say about Sir Keir Starmer, to, to be honest with you, because he doesn't really do anything, to be honest with you. Well, let's break it down a bit. Let's break it down. So I've said before that, you know, I, I'm so, I, I sort of backed him and, and supported him in the sense that I think he's try, he was trying, particularly in the early stages, to get, as far away from the Jeremy Corbyn ideology of Labour as well. Um, so what he's done there, I think, is it's sensible because Labour's had a catastrophic defeat. Lots of people door to door, on the doorstep, despise Jeremy Corbyn, not necessarily because of Jeremy Corbyn himself, but because of the um, the image that was drilled into their minds by large segments of the media, by even, even members of his own party. There was just a general disliking of someone who wanted to perform radical change on the United Kingdom. 
who wanted to bring an end to um, the harsh, brutal sides of capitalism and morph towards a more socialist um, society. That was never really going to stand. And as a result, lots of the people who that might have benefited ended up despising him. So to go from... He wanted essentially not to be despised. That's a good start trying to get elected. Yeah. That's why Corbyn failed. I don't think anyone or very few people door-to-door despise Keir Starmer for the exact reason you've just said. You don't really have much of a thought on Keir Starmer. Yeah, yeah. In that sense, I, I think he has partially, partially succeeded to a point, at this point, for people not... It sounds stupid, but for people not to hate him because already that's kind of one up on Corbyn from the doorstep where lots of people hate him. However, however, Jeremy Corbyn did have a lot of hardcore supporters who believed in his vision, who filled venues to capacity to cheer him on, to listen to what he had to say. And Sir Keir Starmer doesn't have that following, but he doesn't have the hatred of others either. It's something, no. but he needs to build on it over the coming years. After yeah. definite. Yeah, because Corbyn had the clear... Yeah, was, there was a clear divide with Corbyn. You mm. Those who liked him and those who didn't like. But one figure from this morning yep. who is explicitly... Well, not that he said that he's disliked him, but he has unleashed a sting attack on woke left and says Labour could cease to exist. And that, people, is the former Prime Minister, Mr Tony Blair. Um, Ooh, hello, Tony. Yeah, and his argument was, Keir seems sensible but not radical. He lacks a compelling economic message. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this is actually from the Evening Standard. Yep. So I don't know what that means in the grand scheme of things. It's, it's really but, yeah. yeah, so Tony Blair unleashed a sting attack on the work left on Wednesday morning that Labour could cease to exist and that Sergio Starmer yep. is struggling to break through with the public. Yeah. I don't feel like this is much news to anyone. No. However, he did say uh, Keir seems sensible but not radical yeah. he lacks a compelling economic message and the cultural message because he's not clarifying it is being defined by the woke left whose ever statement gets cut through courtesy of the right so uh, he really needs to um, first of all what are your thoughts on Tony Blair generally we haven't really discussed this uh, he's, he's um, uh, I, I, mm. yeah I'm a bit like that <laughs> Yeah, um, Blairite, he, depending from which uh, angle you're looking at him, he's, you know, blatantly a war criminal to a degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for the actions, oh, well, of the British, you know, governmental actions when uh, we marched into Afghanistan and Iraq. Yeah. Um, however, you know, he, oh, that's a, I, I don't know, I feel like that's another podcast and I, yeah, so I have okay. to do more yeah. clarification on yeah. my points right. before I can forward with that. Okay. From what you yeah. were saying then, clarify what you were saying. He's, uh, he's a, he's a, um, how can I put this? He, he's a, poli- you know, he, he's a, he's a good politician to degree, you know? Who's this, Starmer or Blair? Blair. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Spoke very but, well. I always thought he spoke Blair very well. Was, but he was just like, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe you should go back to Starmer then. Back to Starmer then. What, so, so what was so Star- saying about Starmer? Go on. How, how, generalize your points with this. He's, he's like unbuttered toast. 
Yeah. It's just not exciting. No. He really needs to sort of step up and yeah. say things that are really going to rile his yeah. spot. We know um, what I, I I watched a video. Yeah, I watched a video a bit ago, and you know his mum worked in the NHS for a long time. He's a big football fan. He plays five aside every week. You know, small things like that that you you know sort of make him more human than other politicians as such, particularly those in government who maybe aren't familiar with the NHS at all, apart from the fact that, you know, many, many in the government actually have talked up privatisation in the past. So, you know, small things like that would, would probably help his cause a little bit, but he just needs to use them more effectively. Yeah, he does. Um, I would say so. It's as potential, well. but we'll see. I think so. Yeah. I think, I think he's, like I say, I think Faye's one of almost distancing himself from Corbyn. I mean, he, he exiled Corbyn from the party. I was a bit mixed on that myself, but he probably felt that necessary to sort of reinforce the message. This isn't, I mean, he said, didn't he, about, he said quite a few times at that time when he got rid of Corbyn, Labour is under new management, Labour is under new management, as though to try and say, well, this isn't the Corbyn party anymore. And to be honest, even though some people were blaming the Corbyn, Corbyn for the results this time, I don't think it was really, because I don't think you hear many people slandering Corbyn now, really, uh, because I, I think, think he's very much out of the picture. Yeah, exactly. Corbyn. Yeah, I would say so. It's now, I think what's interesting as well is it's quite different to, because America had arguably with Joe Biden, a strategy that you elect Trump or you elect the other guy, if you get me. So when it came to yeah. the election, it was you've got Trump or you've got the other guy. Because a lot of people thought Joe Biden was a bit, he wasn't necessarily the eccentric personality of his, of his candidate, obviously. But he wasn't necessarily a, um, you know, as as I say, a vibrant personality as a no, person. No. But he was an alternative to the to the person who many considered to be unstable, and maybe untrustworthy. Now Boris Johnson is quite untrustworthy, but he still has, I think, quite a quite a following in the UK. And I think one suggestion could be that these mock. I call them what, these results across across Britain that have been heavily in the Conservatives' favour show actually that you have to do quite a little bit more than simply being an alternative to Boris Johnson because actually Boris Johnson's, um, you know, flowery personality and, and bubbly charisma, that is enough for some people. Um, it really is. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you can't, and I was going to say, and you can't really, you can't just position yourself against that and say, I'm the alternative because with Donald Trump, he was the charisma. He was the, you know, the 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 flowery personality in America. But he was also very dangerous. And the argument was that if COVID never happened, Donald Trump would have probably beaten Joe Biden because he still had, you know, a lot of support, which which disintegrated, admittedly, when the pandemic came about, and and I suppose got more people um, desperate to vote just to stop him getting into power. But it's different yeah, now. I think with that's been an ex- yeah, I think I've been. A- very extremely interesting uh, mm. uh, election prior to if COVID hadn't happened. And, I, and I've always wondered what would have happened with our election. Um, no, because the no, I was thinking of another. Yeah, I've always thought what would happen with last week's election um, if COVID hadn't happened. Yeah. Because toss of a coin, know, isn't it? I think it's a toss of a coin. But saying that again, I think the Conservatives are still strong in this country regardless of COVID. Sorry, I meant in America. I was thinking America. Oh, America. I I actually think Trump might have won, to be honest with you. When I say toss of a coin, I'm saying toss of a coin thinking Trump more than Biden. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You think Trump would have won before with no pandemic? Um, It's it's very, it's very plausible. Yeah. 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 No, I think 
I think you're right, though. I think um, <laughs> when when I look at, I mean, I watched the, I watched, uh, I've, t- I've said this quite a few times. I watched the Rupert Murdoch documentary on BBC iPlayer uh, a while ago, and it really does open your eyes to how much political decision has been as a result of his influence. I don't know if that's the case now as much because. I think there's more, there is more press. There's Twitter's more, probably bigger than it, as big as it's ever been, you know, miles bigger than it was when it was around 15 years ago, particularly in the Blair years when Blair cozied up to Murdoch quite evidently uh, throughout yeah. his tenure. But I don't, it's difficult because I don't think it's quite, he obviously still has an influence now. That's no doubt, you know, lots of readers of the Sun, lots of readers of the Daily Mail, but it's also social media and algorithms and, and, targeted campaigns on that really that do seem to sway things quite a lot because of course on social media your content is kind of tailored to you and your way of thinking isn't it particularly on facebook so oh absolutely you'll read... cookies before yeah. every time you accept a cookie you're yeah uh, you're creating your digital pathway exactly and like you say if that's what a lot of people read it's going to be difficult. It is difficult, like you say, to sway voters away from that, you know, strong conservative majority. What's interesting, Adam, I think, really, is that the conservatives went from quite a middle class party that got into power. Brexit kind of could have crippled the conservative party, but now it's given them a new identity, hasn't it, as the party of the working class and the, as well as the, you know, elitist, which is crazy, isn't it? But it's happened. Yeah, it's a strange one. They very, they very much appealed to the. Uh, Make Britain British narrative, haven't they? I think we were both yeah. in agreement when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, closing borders and re, you know, jigging the economy to suit to profit the the working person. Yeah. But you know, after all these years since it happened, when we were in sixth form, vote, yeah, both if they can pull it out of the bag and do it, you know, you want the best for the for the country, surely. We know what Brexit might. Honestly, you look back now, Brexit might have been the best thing for the Conservative Party in a weird way. It might have been because it might have been. I certainly think, was what the current prime minister wanted as he headed that campaign. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they've ever. They're in a very, very strong position. And yeah, I mean, that's so. Just back to the debate kind of question. Then, how you would say you were saying there isn't really an identity from Starr's point of view. And I've already I've written a piece on this for the Independent with an I E N D, not the Independent, the newspaper. Unfortunately, that will come later in life. But when it comes to uh, <laughs> when it comes to that. There is a partial, I think, win by not having that identity that could be attacked and, and, and massacred. But obviously that needs to change at some point. And what do you what do you go for? Do you accept Brexit for what it is? Because I read a lot of people saying you've got to you've got to face the reality that Brexit isn't good. But I personally am of the mindset now, it is the bed that we are lying in. It, you know, that's one thing I don't think and Kerr Starmer, make no mistake, quite obviously, if you've done a bit of research, is was a Remainer. He was always an EU advocate. So no, I, but I think he can't go back on it, I don't think, now. No, no, he, he's, always obviously, he's, he's obviously been a great public figure. He's a surf, for crying out loud. You know, obviously yeah. he's community too. Do you think that does him a bit of a disservice when working-class voters come in? Oh, he's a surf. Probably. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Uh, that would not surprise me at all. Yeah, yeah Boris Johnson, well, he, he did, there's nothing to it. It's just Boris Johnson. And he's called Boris. Boris. Boris Bear. Boris. Yeah, Boris. No, no, it's it's whatever you want to. Yeah, I, I, that that certainly is plausible. Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. I did. 
Yeah, I, I I do support. I still I still do support him. I mean, he had a bit of an issue. He's, he's reshuffled his 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 his, his uh, shadow cabinet. He's had a bit of a crisis. I mean, he was he, he's got Angela Rayner in as doing. Uh, I mean, Boris Johnson made quite a funny quip actually at PMQs about Angela Rayner saying that she's got so many titles and that if if uh, Sir Kerstarmer keeps giving him more titles that she'll be like a lioness and she'll come to claim his place and even Kerstarmer was laughing I think and, and she was having a giggle as well to herself but yeah, he's got away with words all there Boris it, it, well, it? it made me snigger a bit I mean I do find him funny from time to time but yeah, um, yeah I, I mean you're, you're right the toast analogy is very good and I, I like that and um, it's toast can be great if you put the right things on it yeah yeah, the th- the thing I will say about him is he's still not a tarnished brush. He isn't a tarnished br- brush. There's so much that can be done with him that you couldn't do with Jeremy Corbyn because if you wheel Jeremy Corbyn out now, you get all his fan base going woo Jeremy, but his fan base won't win him an election. Whereas Sir Keir Starmer, you're not getting his fan base going out woo because there isn't really I'm one. Sure there isn't. There's no, not much fan no, base. But, but they've not. But you've not got the lynch mob either. It's just the way no. you look at it, isn't it? Toast man. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, But generally, then, just just wrapping this segment up, what is your focus then? What is your identity? How do because you you touched on this last week and you were spot on. Everyone talks about the same things. So how do you stand out? What do you do different? You see, I I don't really know. It's hard. You, you, I I think the clear divides are, you know advocacy for the LGBTQ plus society, yeah. women's rights, equal rights, equal pay, you know, um, being proactive with... And they, they kind of, he, I, you can tell he kind of wants to do that, but I get as well there's a sense of trepidation because he thinks that he thinks a good portion of Britain aren't so keen on, on progressive change like that, whereas... Which I don't think the general population isn't. I don't think, I think there's a lot of reluctancy or there's there's a there's a level of understanding where they just don't care and don't see it as an important issue when yeah. it does need to be addressed. Yeah. So, yeah, there's two, there's, there's many ways of looking at it. You see, I have, you see, this is where being... Is that, is that is what Tony very, Blair was on about, Adam, do you think? Do you think that's what Tony Blair was on about? When yeah, he's going, he was definitely going on about how... destroy the Labour Party. Is he saying they can't go for these progressive things that we've just discussed, which we think yeah. they should go for? Yeah, that's why they call them the Blair right, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah, and all that. So this is this is where the luxury of being Scottish or Welsh or Northern Irish comes in. Yeah, well, you know, Adam, maybe I'll convert myself. Eh? I'll go to Dundee, you know, and I'll change to John uh, McDo. Let's stop before we get pulled. <laughs> but, but, I don't um, think that's too bad. Yeah, I think that's so, quite a good accent. Yeah. So, I like, personally, I, I'll vote for Plaid Company because it's you know, it seems the most logical party to vote for mm. with the best interest of you know Wales that's my personal opinion yeah. but yeah. and obviously that seems to be a very general consensus in Scotland because SNP are doing a historic fourth term in you know the yeah. Scottish Parliament so yeah 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 luxuries <laughs> yeah I guess so I guess so um and just as a final touch on it as well because I was thinking this earlier in the week they t- keep talking quite a lot about losing the red northern wall uh, labor um do you i this is why i sort of slightly talked up but not too much cuz the care star was still there but someone like andy burnham who has such a passion for manchester is a northerner himself 
Yeah. I feel like it would help the Labour Party if their leader was from the north because we've had Ed Miliband from the south, we've had Jeremy Corbyn from the south, we've had Sir Keir Starmer from the south, we've had uh, Tony Blair from the south. So if they really want to work on the... And they don't do it under Sir Keir Starmer, there's still an opportunity to do so, of course. But if they don't do it under Sir Keir Starmer, I'd love to see someone from the north given an opportunity to to, you know, take that mantle and, and really reconnect. So I, I do think if they don't do it under Sir Keir Starmer, one key reason perhaps is because the leader himself is from the South and probably, you know, has London connections and he doesn't necessarily understand the North like like the Northerners want them to. That, like, you know, I don't want to discredit any point, yeah? yeah. That could be a reason. But um, I genuinely think it comes down to more basic ideologies than that, personally. I think mm. it comes down to COVID going away and being yeah. mates in the same building. And it's which whoever, oh, whichever oh, candidate can continue that, I suppose. Now, to be fair though, Adam, it, it, I'd like to think when the next general election comes, that's not on the agenda because it's probably gone in 2024, I think. Well, we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> Lockdown 45. <laughs> coming coming around. Yeah. Oh, goodness me. I think if it was lockdown 45, I don't think Boris Johnson would be around for much longer. He'd have, he'd have emigrated no, somewhere else. He, but, wants, uh, he, yeah, yeah. he would. Anyway, um, on to America. And um, we didn't touch on this last week, but uh, last week, and it sort of got into this week, I did laugh at the uh, Donald Trump social media thing. He, he created his own little blog oh. media, hasn't he? Uh, he had trouble. He, he tried to get around um, from what I've read. I haven't read into this drastically a lot because it's not really political news currently really because he's not serving enough it's more like you know reality entertainment <laughs> yeah. but he tried to get around twitter his twitter ban by setting up an account which wasn't called donald trump but was called someone else and then he reveals himself that it is his views and they got banned i think so he said it was a very big disappointment to him um was it yeah, was it donald I- He's only seventy-five and an half, or whatever he is. I mean, to be fair, for 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 a man in his in his middle in the middle of his seventies, I think he does a remarkable job navigating social media. Because I tell you, uh, you know, other people of that age could not do that quite as well. I tell you, um, but yeah. yeah, no, he he's been having a bit of trouble on social media as Donald um, these past few months, and um... can't get out there spreading his wisdom. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but he has set up his own his own channel where he will not be moderated, where he will not be under threat of um, any 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 penalties or any attacks. So, good old Donald, eh? Getting around the social media situation. TV, DTV. Yeah, I'm sure he'll have a late night network channel as well. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Would you tune Double in? Double DTV or something. I don't <laughs> Would know. You tune in. <laughs> Knowing him, it'll be no, some may- sort of maybe right wing sensitive sexist. Maybe. You know, whatever. Tell you what was interesting, though. So um, Liz Cheney, um, Republican Liz Cheney, she's quite a big Republican in America. She um, she criticised or was critical of of the lies of the Donald Trump regime. And the Republican Party suspended her. They've, they've taken her out, you know. So I don't know what, I, I mean, you know, there's no way, the, the election's a long way away and whatnot. And but the state of the Republican Party is still in a strange position. I don't know what that says about it. Are they trying to protect the party's image? Are they trying to protect Donald Trump? What's going on there? There's still plenty of allies in the Republican Party when mm. it comes to, you know, Trump allies. Mm. Um, you know, the Republicans don't want to be tied. Um, 
with the same government that failed to impeach him mm. or being members of the party that failed to impeach him yeah. uh, for what was deemed or has later been you know, put into law by uh, Joe Biden. It hasn't been put into law, but has been pledged by Biden that, yeah. you know, white supremacy will become a terrorist act. Yeah. You know, which is what the 6th of January attacks mm. were. Yeah. Um, in his opinion, you know, they don't want to be tied to the to that attack. No. You know, the, yeah. to, to that blatant disregard of democracy. You know, Trump's evident, you know, involvement. It's just, yeah, I don't know. But they do have an image problem, the Republican Party, at the moment, don't they? No, absolutely. What did Donald Trump Jr. say? This is no longer the Republican Party, this is the Trump Party or whatever no, it was. he did, he did, he did. Yeah, so, so, I yeah, I mean, you know, there's been a few... They've got comments. a lot of uh, sit-down meals to have and discussions, I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, get, they do have a lot of sit-down, a lot of family time meals, you know, that would be yeah. interesting in the Trump household, you know. But, uh, yeah, no, there's been a few critiques of uh, Liz Cheney being ousted. Um, can't go into them all, but, again, it, I think, generally speaking, it's probably, like you say, it's that image problem. It's the, um, like you say, the allies of Trump, uh, uh, that are still connected to Trump within the party. It means that while he's still got that sort of... Um, element of power there's still an opportunity he could it could come back from the uh, proverbial grave uh, of, of his political career um we, we shall wait and see um but yeah on the other hand um in actual america um well that is actual america but in terms of the coronavirus pandemic um there is uh joe biden has had to come out and he's got to uh make the case he says for for the vaccines because as we, re- we we've said this a bit ago actually there's quite a lot of vaccine denial within america quite a lot of people it, who are not con- necessarily denial i'd probably go with skepticism yes. okay yeah um, better better yeah i think or or lack of understanding of its mm. purpose and or usage you know yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so he's made that of a, a pressing importance to really get that that opinion across, that education across. That actually, um, you know, we need to um, we we need. Well, obviously, I mean, one way, as you say, probably be to have a, the vaccine passport to a point, isn't it? To have the vaccine passport. Well, you know, what was it? Only like six percent of, of Americans actually have passports, or something like that, was it? Sixteen mm. percent of Americans. I, I know it's like only like. One in every six people in America have a passport. So, what about the vaccine, pa- vaccine passports? Then, you know, what, what? Well, that's a good point. You know, that, yeah. that comes into state law. Then it depends whether state officials want to implement those sort of, you know, necessities between borders. So, mm-hmm. it all becomes very uh, complicated. American politics very quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> it, do, it does. It does. It's. I mean, you, uh, you, I suppose you're controlling a lot more people than in the UK. I guess. Uh, oh well, you know, what, what's it? Three hundred million there, there about. People yeah. live in America, yeah. and I think we actually forget the actual scale and size of America. Yeah, yeah, you, know, you could lose Europe, Britain, a bit of Africa, and maybe a touch of the Middle East. When it, 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 it you know, in America, it mm. is huge. On yeah. one side, it, it's got like four different time zones across it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's incomparable, incomparable, oh, incomparable. incomparable. English word that describes. Can't believe it. It's incomparable, incomparable, unthinkable, no, unimaginable. 
Yeah, we got there. We got there. You're very good. Very good. Very good. Um, Yeah, also an interesting story, actually, Um, you know, as a result of pandemic and prices in America. uh, So it says, as reported by The Guardian, U.S. consumer prices in America, uh, in America, obviously, it's U.S., U.S. consumer prices soared in April as post-lockdown demand and shortages drove up the cost of a wide range of goods from used cars and home furnishings to airline tickets. I suppose that's the reality, isn't it, of... um, supply and demand and it, it just it doesn't stop really when um even so you know, the best that i've seen this week was yeah. or last week whatever it was it was the increase in condom sales okay. since the relaxing lockdown measures is that is that just generally across the board or is that america specific yeah yeah that's like globally generally like, across the board uh, yeah because yeah, apparently the condom is you know you won't think about this but obviously it makes <laughs> sense doesn't it like the condom industry actually they've had some tough times yeah like they like the whole um you know um yeah. Oh, was it the the impenetrable the impenetrable condom industry has been is <laughs> no. a difficult one. Well, well, what's on. the word to describe when you try, you know, stuff to stop you having kids? What's the word I'm looking for? Contraception. Yeah, we'll go with that one. Yeah, yeah. You know, the whole that, that whole industry. Yeah, you know, is uh, had gone under, hadn't it? Like it's yeah. been hit hard. It's like the entertainment yeah. industry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. it is the entertainment it's industry. Difficult. Yeah. It's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, them there I got two and two, and that does that one does equal four because it does kind of tie together. Um, yeah, no, right, okay. no, you, <laughs> you, you, no, no, very, very, very well, uh, very well summarized. I mean, imagine as well when uh, when full scale lockdowns over, I mean, imagine there's another shoot up uh, in terms of the sales. I'm saying June in terms of the sales. I'm talking in sales, um, but um, yeah, no, um, I guess. I guess yeah, market fluctuation. Actually, you see in Britain actually this week. It's it's obviously not in America, but in Britain, uh, economy's had a bit of a bounce back as well, hasn't it? Uh, recently. Well, they've said they haven't seen a bounce back like this with the economy since the end of the Second World War, have they? Yeah, because people are going out and spending all that money that they you know saved. And, and, it, and you're going to have a, you're going to have an increase, aren't you? Of of sort of uh, absolutely of great un- for businesses. Yeah, of unprecedented. Buy your your local pub and your local shops. Yeah, and also and your, right, you, the big giants. Still your local beer garden, yet. But actually, next <laughs> week that will change. We'll talk about the changes next week. Next week. Next week. Next week. Next week. But yeah, no. Uh, I, I think just just to summarise what I was saying then, though, the, there is going to be a, a, a stark increase, I suppose, in an economy when it took a big decrease, isn't it? Because obviously it's like it's gonna it's gonna go. Oh, there's a big shoot up. Well, obviously because it took a big shoot down, hasn't it? So I guess that's yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be what's happened. And to be fair, and the beer industry struggling to keep up as well, which is and, hilarious. And Brexit affected our our economy quite badly, didn't it? When that deal came it through, did. it was a big drop. And it's still it's still having quite negative effects on like such industries such as like I don't know the building industry is one. Never. Uh, yeah. No. Right. The inability to get negative economic effects. You're yeah. a, you're a Ramona, you. You're a Ramona. You're a right. Ramona. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> All right then. All right then. No, I mean, uh, yeah. No, I, I think it's fair to say Britain's economy took a little bit of a tanking this year. Um, and <laughs> a rough that, ride. That was very posh, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a little bit of a tanking. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it is nice to see it bouncing back. It is nice to see. I hope the hospitality sector does bounce back quickly because I don't think it has bounced back really yet. I know the beer gardens have been busy, but just imagine when everything's open properly in terms of that you can actually go inside the pub. Who'd have thought, you know, that would be, uh, that would be, that would be something. They're even talking about scrapping social distancing as well, aren't they? Or to utilise it um, per 
your own discretion. We know what, what's really interesting is you, you, we get that, and then we get Boris Johnson saying winter's going to be a terrible time because of variants. And I'm like, well, aren't you, you yeah. know, conflicting messages maybe, here, Boris? Yeah, maybe we weren't wrong after all, Johnny. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we will be. <laughs> when, when, we're in a, when we're in a fourth lockdown, we'll go, cheers, Adam. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we, no. we were oh, right. virtual paint again. <laughs> No, I, I, on a serious note, I don't want us to be right. So we'll, we'll, we'll just we'll just remember we'll just bear that in mind. Um, yeah, but uh, funny new funny news story to finish. Funny news story. We'll get one. Oh, no. Um, yeah, no, we've got one. Uh, but, 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 but we have. Ooh, okay. Um, so, okay, it's one of these cooking ones again, Adam. Actually, no, you know what? We're gonna go. We're gonna go to this one. It's weird news. It's weird news. It's from Daily Mirror. Weird news. Uh, it's okay, not correct. quite funny news. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you judge if it's funny or not. I've not read this. Right. So here we go. As I share my screen, you don't have the luxury of this. Mum completely transforms old church into luxury family home, adding 380000 in value. Okay, this isn't that a funny just one. seems like a clever. general sort Come on, give me something funny. There's give me something funny. funny. Okay, okay, okay. That was that. That to be fair, the fair play. If she had three hundred eighty thousand in value. Just looking at those two photos, though, that is quite impressive, isn't it? Just look at that. Yeah, that's a really it looks nice. Lovely, doesn't it? It looks nice. That. All weird. It looks nice. Yeah, it does look nice. So, woman making use of lockdown really well, actually. Okay, okay. What about this one? I picked a baby name to get revenge on my sister for always criticizing me. Uh, that's just weird. Yeah, that's petty. That's not weird. That's just petty. Okay, a mum vowed to get back her spiteful sister. Who always her spiteful sister who always criticizes her parenting style by threatening to call her son after her sister's husband. In revenge. It's okay, that's weird, isn't it? That's weird. Yeah. It sounds like this. I miss Jeremy Kyle and that setup. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Jeremy... Completely exposing her that whole life, so we could all sit there in the morning, have a coffee, and <laughs> snigger at people's misfortune. You know what? There's a lot of people yeah. like Jeremy Kyle. I, I, I was never massive on it. I know America had their taste of Jeremy Kyle as well, didn't they? He popped over to the US. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very uh, morally. Uh, it's a yeah, you know, it's a minefield that sort of thing, though, isn't it? But yeah. what's going on? So she's changed her she changed what's the, the name. baby name called. I'm going to check now. It's one of those articles where you got to read 600 words, and then it's the it's the last word, isn't it? You know, for clicking. I know how this worked. All this SEO nonsense, and you know, I do it a bit myself. Um, so yeah, my sister only criticised my parents. She's mad I don't take her advice, and in her eyes, since. Uh, I'm not doing it in any other way than I'm implying she's done it wrong. Her kids are great. Her girls are great kids. And I've told her there are, there are more than one way to raise children. Okay. If she's spelt this, um, she's got lots of grammatical errors. I'm going to give her the benefit of doubt and say she's spoken this, but even then she's still got a lot of grammatical errors. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really disappointed that I'm an English. I'm an English graduate. Come on, all we want to know is, is what, what the name, the name of the child is. <laughs> I don't know what the name is, but she said one of the people. But I argued that she hurts my feelings, and no one says anything because she's such a Karen. Sometimes, well, that brings us back to the um, to the to the name. Oh, she better not have called the child Karen out of spite. Yeah, that would be horrible. So. I know it would be. Is that is is that what we're going with? I'm not sure. Is that it? Ah, uh, uh, la 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 la. I don't. Oh, know. ladies and gentlemen, you know, people. Yeah, there is know. no. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? There is no name. <laughs> she just decided not to call her child. We've we, we just gone through the name. We've just gone through this entire article, and I have. N 
Da, 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 da. Well, oh, it was named after the husband. And the husband's name's not named. And I am scam reading this, so maybe it is. But I'll tell you something. They have got about 500 words out of a name which we can't find. So I'll tell you what, Emma Rose Murgie, you've done a quite interesting... <laughs> you call her out? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying, if you got, you've obviously got paid to do this. So you've made a 500-word article out of a one-word article. So you know what? Fair play. I applaud. I applaud. That, you know, Emma is another way of making money after the, um, we've, we've seen this woman have 380,000 value in a home. That is impressive. You know what? That's also impressive too. Not 380,000 pound impressive, but hey ho, I'm not one to judge. And she's done quite well. Uh, we still don't know what the name is, but we think, we'll just say male Karen. What was male Was it a Colin? Go back a week. Or was it, was it a Dave? Male Karen was a Colin or a Dave. Anyway, that was an interesting wrap up to the uh, show. Uh, be sure <laughs> to join us next week. Um, where I think it'll probably be prominent will be the uh, next phase of Boris Johnson's roadmap lockdown. Because uh, there's quite a lot happening next week, I think, isn't there? Just as we, you know, it'll be beer gar- uh, it'll be cinemas open, be pubs open. And I think quite big on the footballing world, I think it will be open stadiums for up to 10,000 supporters. So that will be interesting. Um, until well, then. Until then. Yeah. Bye. Goodbye, people. Yeah. Very good. I'll, I'll let you have the last word. Yeah, you've already had it. You've already had it. There you go. Fantastic.